the hell out of here. We heard screaming. Oh, my God. Oh, is he dead? Don't touch him, Andy. Don't move him. You creep. Oh, my God. Get up. I guess I fooled you, huh? Sure. Chris, leave him alone. He doesn't know any better. It was a joke. Chris. It was just a joke. I didn't mean to. You never mean to... Hey everybody, Mike here from the Pod of the Pendulum, and what we have here is a little bit of a bonus episode right now. Um, I was fortunate enough to get to interview Larry Zerner, who played Shelley, the man whose pranks you love to hate. Uh, he was actually kind enough to sit down over Skype and record a brief interview talking about how the character developed, um, how, you know, kind of how he sees his legacy, um, what he's up to now as an entertainment lawyer, uh, just some other kind of wacky things I think you would maybe come to expect from us overall. So I was really excited and really appreciated the chance to talk to Larry. Uh, hopefully you guys like this little interview, and we'll be back with a full episode on Monday. In the meantime, enjoy this little bonus. Of course, it wouldn't be me if I didn't show for us a little bit right now. So do us a favor. Go on, follow us over at Pod and Pendulum over at Twitter. We interact with everybody who gets a hold of us there. Speaking of getting a hold of us, if you can take a moment, leave us a review over on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. That is so huge for us. It really helps the new people find us. So if you can take a moment and leave us a quick review and a rating, that would be awesome. All right, while you guys listen to this, I'm going to get back to editing our fourth and fifth episodes. I think you guys are really going to love what we have in store for you guys for the final chapter in a new beginning. Really stoked to bring those to you guys over the next couple weeks. So enjoy Larry Zerner. All right, folks, so we are back, and we have a really special guest with us uh, for our Friday the 13th Part 3 episode. We have Shelly himself, the man who gave Jason his mask. Uh, Larry Zerner is here to join us for a quick little interview. Larry, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. We're really excited, and I'm sure you get like you know like requests like this a lot because you are the man that you know gave Jason that iconic look. Uh, well, not too many requests, but okay. <laughs> so, <that's a> while. <laughs> so um, I kind of wanted to start out like when I was reading the Crystal Lake Memories book. Uh, one of the things that it said you said in there was like it just asked you the director said just be yourself. Like when you go up there, like that's what we're looking for right now. So um, how did you interpret Shelley? Because I think there's like a definite. Um, I hate to use the phrase sad sack quality to him, but he was definitely down <laughs> on himself. So how did you look like, what did you want to bring to the table when you act, when you were playing Shelly? Oh, it, it was, it was really seriously. Like what, what would Larry do? Uh, mm-hmm. WWLD. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, Sh- Shelly is a lot like me, right? He's a wannabe actor, not too successful with the ladies. Overweight, big afro. I mean, I didn't, you know, gain weight for that role. I didn't grow that, you know, I didn't put a wig on. That was just all me right there. So uh, there wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, research I needed to do. Um, you know, it wasn't Sean Penn playing Harvey Milk. Okay. Was, so. <laughs> so we weren't going full method with this role. It was. It was just the method is me. Okay. So you studied yourself, basically. All right. Great. 
Um, so, you know, one of the things I think we people like about Shelley is that he is a practical joker, even though some of those practical jokes are a little bit weird. Like, I'm not sure how many people would hide in a closet for, you know, who knows how long and then, you know, pop out with a slit throat. No, uh, not that long. He, he goes in the closet, he screams, right? He pulls a scream to get him out to kind of come. He's not he's not waiting for them to open the door. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to wait that long. Okay. How um, were you allowed, like, was there any way to like kind of improv in the script a little bit? Or were you able to come up with some of the different ideas uh, for the pranks that Shelly would pull? Or was that all? No. You? There's, there was zero improvisation in the movie uh, at all by anybody, really. The only, the only line in the movie that is, uh, that was not, or that I said that was not scripted was, when uh, Vera rejects Shelly and she leaves and he says, he says, bitch to mm-hmm. her. And that was not the point. Like I was a big Saturday Night Live fan and that was a Emily Latella reference. I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember Emily Latella. Um, that was Gilda Radner. She would play yep. this old lady and, and, and not here. And then she would, go never mind you know and then she'd say call jane Curtin a bitch and that was what i was doing because the scene was over it was just right right before they yelled cut and i just went bitch and it just got a laugh like <laughs> everybody laughed so steve said all right say it again and and we kept it but it was it was not meant it was actually not meant to be part of the film it was just right me made like we were about to yell cut and i said it and um that's what it was now i feel it's kind of like like I don't know. I don't know that I regret it, but I it, like it makes Shelley a little like he's a dick. Like yeah. I don't like that. He said that's such a dick move, and it, it wasn't meant to be. It was really just a joke for the crew. Yeah, because he's pretty likable up to that point. I mean, all the jokes, and I, I think what's really part of the reason I think people like the old Friday the Thirteenth movie so much is that, especially in those first five movies, the cat oh, actually the first six, the cast is really likable. Like it's a bunch of kids and a bunch of teens that you really like and root for, as opposed to a lot of modern horror movies where you're like, and maybe it's because I'm older. Maybe now because I'm like would be those kids' dads, and I'm like definitely hit the you know get off of my lawn stage right. where I'm like, man, I can't wait for these kids to get killed. Where back then I'm like, we kind of root for Shelly and it, it did you feel like he was maybe uh winning Vera over a little bit by the end because she seemed to be kind of warming up no, for him a little no bit. no zero chance Shelly had zero chance with Vera that I don't know man yeah only in Jeez. movie world only in movie world could that happen uh no Vera is not I don't care what Shelly's doing Vera is not sleeping with Shelly oh not even a little pity, not even a little, you know, uh, just uh, try it. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Doesn't happen. Wow. Shooting down dreams everywhere, my friend. Shooting down uh, dreams. You know, you show me the guy. Show me the guy who got a girl as hot as Vera look like Shelly. There are plenty of schlubby, as a schlubby looking person myself with a very attractive wife, I would say, you know, it it happens, you know, more than I have a very attractive wife. Uh, She's super foxy, but, but not the, but Shelly was not going to, that wasn't going to (laughs) happen that one weekend. Not going to happen in that 24, 48 hour period. Not, not happen. 
so what was the atmosphere like filming this movie? Like at this point, there had been a couple Fridays out. They'd obviously been pretty big hits. Like what would you describe the atmosphere like on set? Were you guys, you know, kind of getting like unwinding and having a chance to kind of like party a little bit because, you know, you're in a fairly fun movie? Or do you take it like, hey, this could be a really big deal um, and you take it fairly serious? Like how would you describe the overall atmosphere? Huh. That's an interesting question. Um we didn't, I don't, you know, there wasn't this thing like this is a big movie. You know, the first movie had been a a hit, but, you know, a minor hit. I mean, not a, it wasn't a blockbuster hit. It was done well for a low, low budget movie. <laughs> and the second movie, it, I think, didn't, you know, it did okay, but it wasn't like some it, it thing. And so we're like, okay, we're making the third, and it's like, this is the third one. So this is, you know. I don't think we were like going, oh, this is going to be the biggest. Though it turned out to be the biggest of all, all the sequels until mm-hmm. the the modern era. Um, uh, we, you know, I think I've, I've said before it was the, it was very slow. The filming, there were a lot of breaks. It, it was a two hour setup between each shot. So you know, we do a shot. We the the, the cat the actors because the actors. Uh, where we had our um, the trailers, we were about uh, a quarter, good quarter mile from the set uh, itself. So because all that the 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 house and the barn are just right there, mm-hmm. we were a quarter mile away, and we we were just hanging there, and it was just kind of mellow. It was a small, you know, we weren't a big, wasn't like a huge cruise. I mean, it was a professional crew, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So that the crew would be at the set, and we the actors would be over in our trailers just hanging, waiting to be called. Did it ever feel like the performance took a backseat to maybe the effects, especially in filming in 3D? Always. Okay. I mean, in, in that, yeah, there wasn't a lot of comment on our acting. Like, we, I think that Steve Miner was was you know he's really focused in, on the on the 3D effects and and what's going on, and you know we do a take and. And cut, and then okay, go again. And we like, like I think we, the actors would sort of look at each other, like, was that okay? Was that, you know, can I get, a, can I get something? I mean, it was my first movie. It was many of our first movies, or early movies, and we would have liked a little more feedback on mm-hmm. you all right. I mean, and, but so we didn't get that. Not that it was, you know, it worked out all right. But okay, uh, it sort of. I don't think I don't remember Steve ever telling me anything like you know too much in terms of acting choices. We didn't have any big discussions about, you know, what about my internal monologue on what's going on. It was, right. you know, maybe it was like a, do a little faster, or a little more energy, but not, not much more than that. So it was more like, you know, just make sure you're hitting your marks and making sure that the setup is right so that the 3D looks good and like the special effects look good overall. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they realize, you know, the, the acting is not what brings people to sure. the team. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, in fairness, I do think that, like, like I said before, like, I think you guys all come off as likable, you know, overall, which is really part of the fun of the movie. Kind of like when it's it's kind of sucks when Shelly comes good. I mean, look, there are guy. people who hate Shelly. I've certainly met mm-hmm. a number of people who I, I'd say it's a good 20 percent of the fans who can't stand Shelley. Mm-hmm. All right. That's fine. And uh, when you hear that, do you feel like great, you know, like I did my job or is it kind of a bummer? It, it, it is. It's neither. I okay. don't, 
because it shows a character I played. If they don't like him, all right. I mean, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? <laughs> right. Like I, I did it. It was 36 years ago. What are you going to do? Yeah. So that actually is interesting. You know, what? You, eventually you made a switch in careers. You've gone from performing in front of the camera to, you know, what looks like really acting as an advocate for a lot of performers um, that would have maybe been in a similar situation as yourself, like the little guy going up against, you know, big studios or big corporate. Operations. What was it, just from looking at your uh, law firm site here, what was it that made you make the switch in careers? Like, did you always have that interest in law if acting didn't work out? And no. what was it? Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Uh, you know, uh, acting just wasn't working out. I wasn't making any money. And mm-hmm. uh, my dad was a lawyer, and he said he'd pay for law school. And I was like, well, I got nothing else going on. Okay. Um, so I went to law school and I ended up, I really loved, I really loved law school. I, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it and I really enjoy being a lawyer. And now I, I represent a, a number of people, a number of people in the horror industry, mm-hmm. uh, which is even better. So I've been able to use my, my past experience as an actor and, uh, and my experience in the horror movies uh, it, as a, as a entertainment and a copyright lawyer. What was it that made you specifically go into, like, say, entertainment and copyright law? Was it because of, like, well, I've already have some connections in the industry, or did you feel like you could, you kind of knew the ins and outs a little bit better? So that was what I always wanted. I mean, uh, you know, I, I always wanted to be doing entertainment law and, and helping. You know, that's the people I, I love. My clients—they're all creative writers and directors, and those are the people I love. I mean, I'm just not mm-hmm. going to be a a tax lawyer or a, they want to do divorces or criminal. I mean, no, this mm-hmm. is what I wanted to do and I love doing yeah. it. So if you don't mind me asking, and I understand that you, you can't get into this, but you might have a unique perspective on the whole lawsuit with Friday the 13th uh-huh. between Cunningham and Victor Miller. And I just wonder where your opinion on it was, because just it struck me as odd. But again, I know so little about the law that like Miller would get, you know, the ability to keep the name um, Friday the 13th and some of the creations from it when he was like a writer for hire on the script. And it seems like now that property sits in limbo because of it. Yeah, well, actually, you know, I, there's a there's a uh, YouTube uh, channel slash and cast and I give a very long, okay. uh, too long, uh, too, too, too long uh, symposiums on the case that mm-hmm. I would just encourage if you really want to get into the nuts and bolts of the case, I go to slash and cast and look for me and you'll, you can watch those and they're about half hour each and okay. go into it. But basically you're, you know, that's not what happened. Um, uh, sorry. Uh, if you need to take Victor this, was, no, no, Victor was, uh, Victor was not a work for hire. That was what the court ruled. And that's what, okay. uh, we always thought Victor, Victor was not a work for hire. And so he was able to, get his rights back. It was Sean who sued Victor and said, you can't get your rights back, even though the Copyright Act specifically says he he can. Mm-hmm. And it's Sean who tried to stop him and Sean who's been the the roadblock here. Okay. Uh, so, um, although now the roadblock is, is, is really about how to divide the money. Right. Very complex because Victor only owns the rights to the first movie and only in the U.S., he owns the rights to his script. He doesn't own the rights to the movie. He owns right. the rights to the script. So if they do another movie, like the remake was, well, the remake was parts of 
one, two, three, and four, really. Right. right? Look at it. So you go, well, if we do that move, we do a movie like that, or we just do movies with adult Jason killing people, and there's very little Mrs. Voorhees, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, how much of that should Victor get? Does he get, you know, uh, in terms of the rights uh, money, does he get, you know, 10%? Does he get 50%? Um, That's a... That's a question that they're fighting about, and there's no answer for that. There's no, so it, there's no guidebook. Right. They're really in uncharted territory. So it seems like eventually what it will boil down to is like just what the eventual dollar figure ends up being, where everyone is, if not happy, then they can at least live with the decision at that point. Yes. Okay. Um, well, Wilt, and you said that was hack and slash? Slash. Sla- Heckin', slash and slash and cast. Slash and cast. We'll definitely link to those in our show notes for anyone that wants to dive deep. I have just one or two more questions for you, uh, Larry, and thank you so much for your time. And these are a little bit of oddball questions, so uh, you know I apologize in advance, but I can't help but get struck. Like you, obviously, Shelley gives Jason the iconic mask, and that's what we kind of know him for uh, and love Jason for. But how do you think the franchise would have been different if Larry was wearing one of those hats that have a propeller on it, and that's what Jason had taken from him? Uh, I well, I think that the the there would only have been three movies. <laughs> you don't think that would have gone? And no one would be interviewing me now. <laughs> Oh, all right. And this is a question I used to end my old fanzines with in interviewing punk bands. But, um, you know, I, I know that uh, Shelley was not very lucky in love. But if you get into the mind of Jason Voorhees for a moment and he was going to date any of the Muppets, which Muppet would Jason Voorhees date and where would he take him on that first date? The Muppets. So we're assuming that uh... – uh, Jason is omnisexual, so he can date any of the Muppets. I would definitely say the Muppets are pansexual creatures that, you right. know, gender, like, gender is a, a construct and they just go about and do their business. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of picturing a uh, Gonzo Elmo threesome, like both okay. extremes. I have never pictured Elmo in any sort of, but I can say Gonzo, okay. Right, like he, like like Jason would like like both ends, right? Like mm-hmm. I need the energy of Gonzo, and then like the the like then he'd want to cuddle with Elmo. You think Elmo might be a power bottom? I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> Certainly possible. Well, as soon as that left my mouth, I regretted saying that <laughs> statement. So. Um, Larry, last, last thing very quickly. When I look at your IMB now, it seems that you've actually had a number of roles as of late in a number of you know, smaller holly, horror projects. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that you're often credited as Shelley. Um, have you ever told like the casting directors, like, look, I can play and remember different names. Like, how is that? Or is it just that the character is that well known that it becomes a little bit of an oh. in-joke? Well, it becomes like I was in Knights of Badassdom mm-hmm. uh, with Joe Lynch's movie, uh, great movie if, uh, if you haven't seen it. Um, yep. And uh, the char- I don't think the character had a name. It was just the boss. And but Brian Posehn, the comedian, was playing one of, was playing the other role, and he's a huge Friday Thirteenth fan. So he just yelled. He 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 called me Shelley like at the thing, mm-hmm. like as a joke, and that that stuck. And then uh, in Death House. Uh, that was definitely a Shelley thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So it's more of a, uh, you know, like my friends will put me in, uh, and my clients will put me in their movie in little parts, which I love. And mm-hmm. um, so it's just become a thing. I, I'm happy to play Shelly. I'm happy to play. I'm happy to do anything. I, I, I love being a lawyer, but if someone wants to give me a part in a movie, please. You're all for it. You know, I, Excellent. If I can make a living acting, I would do that in a second. Well, Larry, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for taking a few minutes to talk into our podcast. I really appreciate it. Is there any uh, last thing you want to say before we sign out? Uh, oh, you can uh, if you if you want to have updates on the lawsuit, follow me on Twitter at Zerner Law, uh, and then I have at Larry Zerner, which is uh, like for personal and acting stuff. Excellent. So two two Twitters, but if you but follow at Zerner Law for uh, info on the lawsuit. Excellent. Thank you so much, Larry. You have a fantastic afternoon. You too. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Larry. Have a great day, man. Thank you. So once again, thanks so much for Larry Zerner for joining us for that quick little interview there. We hope you guys enjoyed that. We thought it was a lot of fun to do uh, overall. And we hopefully have some other really cool interviews lined up for Friday the 13th that we're working on right now. What I can tell you is that uh, coming on Monday, we will have our part four coverage of the final chapter with special guest Vincente DeSanti, who is the writer, director, and star as Jason Voorhees of the really popular Friday the 13th spec film, um, Never Hike Alone. And because Friday the 13th final chapter is just so damn good, we have another host as well, uh, Nat Bremer, who is the Arthur of the up- author of the upcoming Complete Guide to the Puppet Master series. His writing is all over the web on horror. He's one of the more just his stuff is incredible, and I think you think you're going to really love what these guys bring to the table for this episode. Following that, we have Michael Verratti joining us for Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning, which I can tell you, man, we spent two hours talking about that movie, and it went in some directions I never in a million years would have um, thought of, and I think you're going to really dig it overall. Um, so as we sign off here, man, can we just say happy birthday to Jason Voorhees, turning 74 years old today, the day that this is going to drop. Um, we hope you guys wish Jason well. Hope he gets a big fucking machete that he's going to use on his birthday. And here's to many more Friday the 13th to come over the years. Thank you to all our listeners. We really appreciate all the comments, all the feedback we've gotten. Speaking for Jerry, who's not here as I'm doing this right now, all I can say is, like, we really, really love bringing you guys the show. We have a lot of very cool stuff lined up in the near future, too. So happy Fridays, everybody.